Welcome to the Building Community Podcast, a show for thought leaders like you. You know that success depends on relationships between your organization and the people in and around it. This season will focus on insider insights, where experts will let you in on their best practices in a specific area of community building. Together, we shine the light on how community helps you reach your corporate goals. I'm your host, Timona Pacha, and I've been empowering organizations for a decade and a half doing exactly that. Ready for it? Listen in as we set out to make communities thrive. You cannot assume that everyone's peak moment will be the same because it absolutely won't be. We come from different experiences, context, background, belief systems, values, so it will be different. This is Caroline Mealy as she shares her insights, her knowledge, and her best practices on how to create exceptional team experiences. Caroline is an experienced strategist. She gained her vast knowledge on creating employee development programs at Cirque du Soleil. Caroline is also the founder of Brands of the Met Business Community. That's a community that supports, develops, and connects small business owners based in the beautiful Mediterranean. Interested in Caroline and her work? Find out more in the show notes. In this show, we've been talking a lot about new approaches to work, the relationship that organizations need to build with their teams, the support that they should lend to their team members and how leaders can actually put their team members first and fulfill their needs. And truly, it all comes down to creating experiences for them so that they can advance in their careers and in their lives. And as a result, and that's the beautiful thing about it, the big win-win, our team members can at the same time be at their very best while they innovate and improve business outcomes in return. Welcome to the show today, Caroline. Thank you so much. I am very much looking forward to this conversation. Anytime I get to talk about experiences, I'm all for it. It's wonderful to have you. When I talk about employee communities, I always impress that organizations need to create excellent experiences at every single touch point of an employee life cycle and the traditional employee life cycle. That typically starts with the interview process and the hiring process, and it ends at the offboarding process. When does it actually make sense for an organization to purposefully and strategically create an experience for their team members, Caroline? Well, you said it really well then in the fact that it really needs to start quite a lot earlier than one would think, right? Like usually we think, okay, we hire an employee, we've done the interview, now we begin. But what's really interesting right now is we're seeing a number of different companies that are actually creating experiences for potential hires, you know, for people that are not even in their pipeline yet to not only attract talent, but also be at the forefront of this is what employee experience looks like now. It begins before you're even an employee with us. And, you know, the repercussions of that long term is that you get to keep them in your network, which is something that you work on, you know, keep them longer and longer, whether they're working for you or not, but they become ambassadors of what you're doing and what you stand for as a brand. So that is a very interesting trend that is happening right now. It actually makes sense to create experiences before the people become aware that you want to have them as a potential employee. So it's actually the employer branding that needs to start way, way, way before at that very first touch point before they even know that they can consider you a potential employer. Yes, I remember I used to work for Lululemon Athletica in Australia and also in the UK. And 
when we were hiring, we hired from people that were in the community. We actually would speak with them and, oh, how much do you know about Lululemon? Oh, you should come on to one of our community classes. You should join our run club. See you on Sunday at our yoga class. Those are the people that we paid attention to that actually were engaging with the community, that were learning about the brand and that were experiencing the brand ahead of time. Anyone that just dropped off their resume and ran, so to speak, Mm -hmm. they were definitely not at the top of our pool of people that we were keeping an eye on. So that community aspect and that brand loyalty can actually start a lot earlier than when they are applying for a job. Help people develop a passion for the organization and for the brand before they even consider joining you as an employee. Yeah, exactly. And one example that is happening right now is a company called Gymshark. They're based in the UK and they have always been an e-commerce retail and community brand. And it's very interesting to see what they're doing with their hiring because they're creating a lot of content, a lot of workshops and a lot of mini experiences for people to actually come and be part of the team and apply. You know, they're doing panel discussions, podcast episodes, uh, workshops all around topics like learning about about the brand Gymshark in the community, but how to show up in an interview, how to write your CV. And, you know, they're attracting talent in that way. So they're investing in potential hires and their community first. And then the result of that will be that they attract that top talent. So it's a very interesting thing that they're doing right now. And I think they're just light years ahead of a lot of a lot of companies in terms of creating those experiences before because they are a brand that is community first and has been since they started over 10 years ago. So that is a specific value add for the organization because they get people who who've already been tried and tested in regards to, do we believe in the vision of the company? Do we believe in the values? Do we believe in how they're approaching working with their team members, working with their customers, working with the community, like you just mentioned? What is the value add if organizations create experiences for people who are already part of their team? It's very interesting to see the motivation behind work. So it's very different. Everything has changed in the last couple of years. But some trends that are really happening is obviously remote work. We're seeing that there's a lot more meaning attached to what people are doing. So no longer do people just want to come, show up for work and go home at five o'clock and not bring their own value to what they're doing. People are driven by purpose. They want to be part of creating meaningful change. And they want to be part of a group of people, a team, a community where that is happening on a daily basis. And so when you actually look at creating experiences within a company for your employees, how can we be more purpose-driven or how can we create some small activations within our company to actually engage our employees in a different way? Now with that element of adding experiences, whether they're in-person or digital, now you're adding an extra layer on what engagement means and what brand loyalty means and what ambassadorship means and how they're going to be talking about the brand, not only now as they are employed by you, but then also in five years when they've left. So I think it's very important and I think it's highly underrated, hence why my work is very important and I love doing it with 
different companies, but this is something that I think is very underrated. And when we're talking about experiences, we're not only talking about events. That's typically what comes to mind first. It's about experiences at every touch point. So one of the things that we know is customer experience. When somebody goes to our website, when somebody comes to our building, the entrance, what do they experience when they come into our foyer, when they're being welcomed? What type of experiences could happen in an organization, let's say, where people work in an office building and then versus when they work remotely at home, what type of experiences can organizations consider here where they need to pay attention? There's a lot of data right now around what is happening in the remote work world. And some of the key indicators of what is happening in performance, productivity, and actual building culture is around the feeling of being very lonely, the feeling of blurred lines in terms of relationship building and clarity around what is my role? What are the expectations? When am I showing up on screen, for example, on Zoom? What are the hours that I'm supposed to be working? And then obviously that filters into the company culture. Creating an in-person experience is one thing compared to creating a digital experience. But the key is really looking at what's actually going on with your employees right now. And the only way that you're going to know that is by actually asking them. I think the mistake that a lot of top-level leadership makes is that they make a lot of assumptions for what's going on with their team based on a couple conversations, maybe an observation in a meeting even. And it really affects the experience that you're going to go and then create. If you're going to create an experience that the employees don't care about or have no need for, then now you're already at a loss. Whereas if you can actually deeply understand their experience that they're having every day with you, you're able to create things, whether that's in the office, in-person experiences or events, or some digital activation that actually taps into the current need. And the current need, especially in remote, is like I mentioned, that feeling of deep loneliness, you know, the feeling of my motivation, where does it come from, the clarity around work and my expectations and the relationships that I'm building. So that's the first step is like what's actually going on with my people and then how can we create an experience around that? Both can be done in person and digitally. I'm working with some clients right now where we have a similar scenario where it's a group of people who go through the same experience at an educational institution, but because of remote work and because of the last two years where people couldn't get together, many of them don't even know each other. So we're currently thinking about designing experiences that can bring them closer together. In our case, that is events now, and we've had a lot of conversation with them, and they want to go back to back to basics. What they're envisioning is the very simple things. It doesn't have to be the big experiences. They're saying, let us get together for a barbecue. Let us go for a hike together. Let us play pool. Let us have a pizza night. So I feel that it doesn't always have to be over-designed experiences. Sometimes it's those little things that, that count most to us. I come from 10 years at Cirque du Soleil, so I'm used to seeing huge, highly expensive productions on stage but at the same time, being able to create small, memorable touch points is sometimes a lot more impactful. And I think to your point, any experience can be created as long as you're very clear about the impact that you want to create. So when I'm working with my clients, it's the very first question that I ask them. 
What is the impact you want to create as a result of this event? Boom. If you can answer that first question, then we're at the start. If you can't answer that question, then we go to what you were talking about. Okay, let's get to know our people a little bit better. What are their needs right now? What are their wants? It's it's very important to do that legwork before actually creating the experience. And a lot of times, exactly like you said, it's actually the smaller, more meaningful and like personalized experiences, micro experiences, if you will, that will result in the impact that you're trying to create, whatever that is. That's always kind of the big question as well when we're approaching designing experiences. How do we best go about designing an experience when we have a specific outcome in mind? Say, if we want people to engage with each other, if we want to attract new people to our ideas or our organization or products, how do you design experiences when you have a specific outcome in mind for the clients that you work with? So the first question is that impact. What is the impact that you want to create around? Uh, as a result of this experience. The next is what are the memories that you want to create? Experiences are all about memorability. So what the memories that you want to leave your employees with in this case, where are your employees right now? And then where do you want to get them to as a result of this event or experience? And then what commitment to action do you want after the event? So a lot of times, especially in a company setting, there needs to be a very clear ROI, right? Sometimes it's more of a social experience, but most of the time we need to attach a strong ROI to it because that's how you're going to get the budget to do something, etc. And so what is that commitment to action that you need from your employees after this event as a result of that event? Once those questions are clearly answered, my next stage is to create the story of your employee. Once the story is created, then you get to do all the fun stuff and actually plan the event around that. But that piece at the beginning is key. And what's really great about that process is that once you've done it once, if you're working with the same group of people, in your case, employees, then we're going to use that again for the next one and just tweak this and that. That is the work that needs to be done, in my opinion, before you even think about planning anything, like any of the details of the experience, that needs to happen first. And I hear you talk a lot about the guest experience, the guest journey, or the employee journey. Everybody has a different perspective. Every time we go through an experience, we see things from a different perspective with different eyes. So it's not only that we can create three moments throughout the experience that are key. We need to pay attention to all the small details that us as organizers and initiators think, okay, this is the peak of the experience, but somebody else may experience it totally differently. Yeah. And I can give you an example of that. Think of a Cirque du Soleil show. There is always one or two main acts of the show. It's like what you go for. It's like what's talked about in the media. There's like a big wow act. However, there is also an entire show. It's a two-hour show. And so if Cirque du Soleil put all of their eggs in one basket and if they focused all of their attention on that one main act, then you are missing incredible opportunity, like you mentioned, the peak moment to occur at any other point within that two hours. The bit that actually gets me 
might be this random little moment at the beginning of the show where I see a character and it just, it does something to me. You cannot assume that everyone's peak moment will be the same because it absolutely won't be. We come from different experiences, context, background, belief systems, values. So it will be different. Consistency in creating a lot of these like micro moments in the experience, that's where the magic happens, so to speak. There's a lot of thought that goes into designing those experiences. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes money to build those experiences. Let's look a bit at the ROI for an organization who wants to create experiences for their team members, for their employees. You mentioned earlier the feeling of belonging and the connectedness that people get. That's really hard to measure. Are there any concrete data points or metrics that we can look at when we're like, okay, this is how we want to justify creating experiences for our team members? Experiences are very subjective. So it is extremely hard to put metrics, traditional metrics, onto an experience. If we're talking about an experience that we want to bring our people together to kind of combat that feeling of loneliness, it's just about people want to get together, you know, and meet each other and learn about each other and engage with each other. And so in that case, the metrics are going to be feedback in terms of the guest experience, how they experience the event. And again, if we go back to those questions that I mentioned, That very important one is what is the commitment to action? If that is very clear in the experience itself, hey guys, this is what we need from you after, or we want to build something together with you after, or we want to put this into action afterwards and we'd love your help. That is a way that it can be measured because the experience continues after the fact. After you finish, boom, the experience continue because you have a very clear commitment to action short term. So metrics in this case for experiences are often very much around getting that feedback. What are the memories that you created? How much more connected do you feel now as opposed to before the experience? What is your motivation level now after the experience? And you can do some kind of before and after metrics. So in experiences, that's how you define if you've achieved your ROI. But it's very subjective data points. But because you're creating these experiences for your employees, subjective data points are actually very useful for you because that is how you build your company culture, right? That's how you influence that cultural element in a very positive way because those metrics are actually continuing conversations, aren't they? That continue kind of long after the experience itself. And ultimately, a byproduct is employee retention where you're right. also saving money because you don't have to fill positions so often. You don't have long onboarding times. And you also have, like you're saying, the corporate culture that's affected where people are becoming much more productive than they would be in an organization where they don't feel at home, where they don't feel a sense of belonging. And what's really interesting about creating experiences for employees is that they actually become part of it. They become part of the story, especially if you do one really great one first, there's almost like a kickoff. Now, all of a sudden, they want to be involved because they can see that you are listening to them. You're designing something that meets their needs immediately and that fulfills them in a way, whether it's development, whether it's connectedness, whether it's something that reduces stress, where it's a mindfulness event, anything like that. And so they become part of the process. I think oftentimes 
leaders think that they have to create everything themselves, but it's so not the case because you have people in your team that want to be part of that and want to be part of that journey and creating it for their colleagues and for themselves. So that's where it becomes really interesting because your engagement, not only on a work level increases, but now you have created this kind of ecosystem of creating experiences together from that employee level, not top down from the C-suite or their leadership. That's another point that comes up when we talk about community because it takes time and people have got tons of things to do. We're pulled in all kinds of directions and don't have time in our hands. Some people are like, well, whatever, more chores, more activities that I have to be part of. I don't need that in my life. I'm already too busy. How do you build a narrative around those experiences or events so you get people involved and excited about it? The first step is having a really clear process drawn out. The last thing you want is for somebody to feel like now they have an extra 10 hours a week that they have to do on top of their work. So actually having a very clear process of the timeline and like how this is actually going to go about and the commitment that we need from different people, that clear process will actually set the expectations. Oh, I want to be a part of this because I can see that this is very well thought out. I can see where the commitment is. I can see that on that week, we're like launching this experience. So I might need a couple extra hours that week. So just really being able to set the expectations. So you don't have the case where people are like, I'm out, like, this is ridiculous. I didn't sign up for this. So that's the first step is making that process really well set. And then the second thing I think is that where is the value add from that employee? They need to feel that their opinions matter. Creating something that is highly relevant to the current situation of the company. If they're involved in those conversations, there is a lot of value add for them there, right? They're part of the decision-making process. It's about deep listening and not just listening on the surface, but actually asking questions where you can get to the root cause of a problem, where you can dig really deep and find out what the ultimate issue is that people have or what keeps them from wanting to be engaged. Let me ask you, if we're an organization and we have the same type of core staff, let's say the same 150 employees and we have 20 people rotated in and out, how do we continue to make those experiences more relevant? How do we keep innovating and making those experiences new, fresh, more relevant if we have people that we keep engaging with over and over again? I'm probably going to sound very repetitive here, but it's about having those conversations with the employees. So just because now you start this process of asking for feedback, guaranteed in six months time, it's going to be different, even if your team is the same. We all go through different stages in our careers and in our paths and want different things at different times or need to prioritize different things at different times. So the results that you get from asking these questions right now, maybe, oh, you know what, the team is really unclear. They feel disconnected. They feel detached from what we're doing at this company. Okay, let's create something for that. Great. Six months time, you know what? Everyone is overworked like crazy. The stress levels are high. People are burning out. We create an experience that revolves around that theme and that impact that you want to create there. So 
I think it's actually very interesting to be creating experiences for the same people over and over again, because no, you cannot copy paste. You can copy paste the process that we've talked about in this entire podcast episode, but you can't just copy paste an event, but you can have many different iterations of things that actually work well. So it's constantly being so highly aware of what's going on with your teams by asking the right questions, intelligent questions, get intelligent answers, and then designing around that. I think that that's a very interesting space to play in creating for the same group of people. It's challenging because their expectations go up and up and up. I love what you just said, that their expectations keep rising and they expect more and more and more. This is an experience that I had when I worked in the corporate world. I've organized dozens and dozens of different type of events and oftentimes for the exact same target group. And we've just decided to switch up the formats oftentimes. Large conference versus a roadshow versus one-on-one expert meetings and then hybrid experiences recently put in. Oftentimes you need to shake it up a little bit and just reframe whatever you're trying to do for the same target groups. And we talked about creating seasonal experiences, what's happening around us, the time of the year and when are people available, when are they not available? Maybe they're busy in the spring, not so busy in the summer. Are there a few things, a few elements that all incredible experiences have in common? Are there any things that people can say, that's what I'm going to keep in mind when I'm designing my next experience? So the North Star that I work towards in everything that I do in my work as an experience strategist revolves around four key elements that makes an incredible experience. I actually asked over a hundred different people from different backgrounds, expertises. If you only could pick one, what one element makes an incredible experience? And of course, they would all tell me different stories and give me different examples. But at one point, I was thinking, everyone's telling me the same thing in a different way. And that's when I started to really pay attention as a result of all of those conversations, there's four elements that create an incredible experience. And if you can tap into all four, you are going to create something that's impactful. So the first one is personalization. And I think we can all agree that that is a no-brainer when you're doing anything. Think of when you receive a Christmas card, you open up the card and it says to somebody from somebody and you're like, oh, okay. Versus you open up a card, there's a beautiful long message, they talk about something that recently happened between you both, etc. So personalization, we all know, emotionally has impact. The second is a sense of belonging or connection. How can we increase that sense of belonging or connection to whatever it is that we're working on? And what's really interesting is they compound on each other. So the more personalized you can make your experience, the sooner your employee will enter into feeling like they belong, feeling like they're connected. And this is very important because especially in the employee setting, this is how we get people to open up a little bit. So that sense of belonging is super important. The third is memorability. When I'm looking at memorability, I'm thinking, okay, am I going to remember this in 10 years time? Something that has impacted you so deeply that now you recall it many, many years later. And again, the more personalized you can make it, the quicker one will enter into a sense of belonging, the more memorable it will be long term. 
And then the fourth is shareability, highly relevant right now in the world that we live in. Is this being shared from the employees to each other? Is this being shared externally? The fact that I got on this podcast today and told you about Gymshark and the work that they're doing, I'm not even connected to them. I have nothing to do with Gymshark. I've seen what they're doing, yet I'm talking about it. So I'm sharing this experience because it had an impact on me. So the shareability of their experience is huge. And when we're thinking in the employee landscape, We're also thinking about reputation building, reputation management of the brand, how we're creating brand ambassadors that are around our brand and not necessarily working in it because they can potentially enter the pipeline later on and become our next star talent, our next star employee. And so those are the four elements, personalization, a sense of belonging or connection, memorability, and shareability. And if you can tap into those, then what you create for sure is going to create impact. It's going to bring you that ROI that you are really looking for. What I hear is employee branding towards the inside and the outside. We got to personalize as employers. We got to create a sense of belonging and design something that our team members will remember for a long time and give them something that they can share with others with this brand ambassador thinking. But in short, what you're telling me is that we need to make an effort for our team and they will make an effort for us in return. Yes, exactly. We often overcomplicate it and we think we need huge budget And we need fancy things and we need to create this big, massive experience, this wow factor. And I don't think that employees are expecting that to the extent that leadership thinks. To your point before, it's really around like creating these little magical, meaningful moments. And that can be done very simply. It's just that there's a disconnect between what we think is happening with our employees and what's actually happening. And so I think it can be done very simply and it can be done again and again and again, consistently very well, just very simplified. But it's so, so highly relevant to the group that you're creating it for. Paying attention and showing the people that we care. With that, Caroline, thank you so very much for joining me today. It was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. I absolutely love this conversation. Thank you for listening to the Building Community Podcast. Is there a leader in your organization or network who needs to hear this? Please share this podcast with them. Help get the word out about the immense value of community. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave us a review. Until next time, help your community thrive.